Hi there, and today what we want to talk about is money, and are your employees making you lots of money, or costing you lots of money? Stick around, and let's uh, see if we can get into that today. You own a pest control company, and marketing and advertising ain't what it used to be. Just so you know, software and millennials are not the answer. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. Our passion is to teach you online and digital marketing without all the techno babble. Oh, it still takes hard work, sales, and a sprinkle of tech, but we'll teach you how to do it in simple terms. Let's do this. Let's get on with the show. This is the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast, and this is your host, Casey Lewis. Alrighty, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. My name is Casey Lewis. I am the owner and CEO of Rhino Pest Control Marketing, and it's my pleasure to be your host today and follow up with another episode as, excuse me, I do have Little frog in my throat today. Anyway, so what I was going to say is, as is usual around here, it seems that these podcast episodes oftentimes will come out of our own experiences that we're having working in our um, our marketing company and working with our own customers and partners in the pest control industry. And one of the things, we were having a meeting, and I thought, you know, this is going to be a a good topic for the podcast to talk about because we we deal with this every day. And it's always a little difficult, sensitive uh, topic to touch on, and that's this. So whoever's answering your phones and dealing with the inquiries and the leads that are coming in, including yourself, the question we really want to ask is, are they costing you money or are they making you money? And it's it's really critical, folks, that, that we know and we understand this. And I'll tell you why and how this came up. So we have a couple of account managers here. And the, the way that works here is we have... Um, accounts, pest control companies that work with us. And then we have an account manager that oversees the relationship with that account. So they make sure they're getting trained on all the software that we're using for them for reviews and other things for newsletters. And so they just are the liaison back and forth to make sure we have a happy customer that's making money and and it's a good relationship. And in this meeting, one of the topics that was coming up was with our account managers. They notice the significant difference in dealing with pest control companies that have a nicer, friendlier, uh, more cooperative person that they're dealing with. And these are the people that are dealing with that pest control company's um, leads and customers, et cetera. 
but how much how much more um, effective we are being as a marketing organization with those companies that have those people up front that are really on it. And by on it, I mean, honestly, as simple as they're really nice, they're friendly and helpful, and they don't mind doing their job. As opposed to the grumpy old complainer that just doesn't seem to ever want to do it the way we ask, never wants to seem to be able to get it done, always has an excuse for why things aren't going the way we want. And I wonder when you think about your own organization and you include yourself in this, because if you happen to be a smaller uh, company and maybe you do yourself a lot of the phones, uh, the answering, the communication, the back and forth, think about the impact you have on those people when they call you to be introduced to your company. So anyways, this was the conversation that we really uh, started to get into And, of course, I am telling my guys, look, I don't know what we can do about that. I mean, we can't really call one of our customers and say, hey, um, you know, Sally there that's answering the phones is awful. She's probably costing you a fortune. You need to get rid of her and you need to get somebody else. Uh, it just we, we aren't in a position to do that. It's That would be really, really sensitive. Oftentimes, Sally could be the mother-in-law. It could be a member of the family. So what what can we do about this? And I think what I want to do today is let's just talk about it. Let's recognize it for what it is. I've got some numbers here we can talk a little bit about. If you want to shock yourself into doing something about it, take a look at the math because the math is really, I think, where the underlying answer lies for you as a pest control company owner, manager, director, influencer, whatever, that you, in fact, have to look at this. And if you don't, um, shame on you is really uh, all all I can really say about it. But when I talk on these podcast episodes, I try as often as I can to not make this just some boring rhetorical discussion on meaningless trivia to make everybody know and understand how great I am. That's not really where I'm about or where I'm coming from. What I've decided I've wanted to be able to do with this is to be able to provide you some thought and some concrete goals that you can make decisions on and take action on to improve your money. So to improve your sales revenue, to improve the growth of your company, to improve the processes within your company that equal those things. And this is is really what it's all about. And, And why do I say that? Well, because... You've heard me talk many times about the three big numbers that you need to learn how to manage in your own company when it comes to marketing and advertising, particularly in the digital arena. And that is traffic volume, which a percentage of that will turn into leads. And then a percentage of those leads will turn into your sales revenue. 
And when you can start to manage those three big numbers, and then down underneath each one of those, you take a look at, you know, what are we going to do incrementally in each column to improve it? So traffic is your website. It might be your ads. It may be a number of things that you're doing to just drive eyeballs, impressions, and um, traffic to your website and to your social media sites if you have a YouTube channel, whatever it is. So you're driving traffic. People are arriving and looking around. And then we want to say, okay, what, are we, what is a reasonable number out of that traffic that we can expect leads to come from? And, and of course, this will get into your content. We'll get into many other things that improve the quality of those leads and the volume of that traffic that converts into those leads based upon the content you have out there. And so again, I, I, this episode is not to get underneath this into all the technical details and all of the minutiae. It's to get much simpler. So now we have these leads, whatever they are. We've paid for them with ads. We've gotten them through organic traffic improvement on our website um, you know, our social media sites we're posting to, our Google My Business account, all of these things are leading to some some traffic that's now converted into leads. Which brings me to today's discussion, leads and conversions. Everything that you will do to generate leads is meaningless, is stupid if you don't have more emphasis, more effort, more training, more everything on how you're going to convert those leads into new customer sales. And I again, I, I'm going to say all Roads lead to lead conversion. All roads lead to lead conversion. And the reason I'll, I say that to you is, I and I see this all the time, we sit down with a new client and they really don't know what they're doing with both lead flow and lead conversion. And so they just, they're, they're sort of evaluating everything on a gut instinct. Well, the phones didn't ring yesterday. Oh my God, something went wrong. Or, gee, you know, we got three new sales um, last week. That was great. And they really don't handle it at an analytical level to see on an ongoing basis, all the time, how many leads are we getting in? And of those leads, what is the direct percentage of those that we convert and turn into new customers? And if you don't do that, then you are going to be doing the two steps forward, one step back method of marketing and online advertising and promotion And that is you're doing a whole bunch of stuff herky-jerky randomly and you're hoping for the best. And if your gut feels good about it, well, you just kind of keep doing it, throwing more money at it. And if it doesn't, you don't. 
I hope again, I again with all of these, I'm trying to be your friend. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to provide um some sort of support in what you're going to be doing to grow your business. Regardless of whether you're a one-man shop or you've got 45 technicians, it's all the same thing. It it you know, fact of the matter is with 45 technicians, if you don't know what your sales conversion rate is, you're in in you know in some deep waters there. But anyway, so let let's 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 move forward and let's talk about this in mathematical sense because this is generally where we will come into the into the picture because you see your sales conversion rate is going to directly impact your um, evaluation of your marketing company. So us, and if, you know, if we're able to get you more leads and we can show you that, and this is often a difficult situation for marketing companies and their clients. And then even in internally, like, you know, when I was running a sales organization, there was always friction between, is it the leads? Are they good leads? Or is it the sales reps? And are they any good at selling? And this was, a, a, you know, a thing that went on and still goes on today. I mean, they, you know, now we have cool terms like smarketing where we're trying to say, well, we need to get sales and marketing together. But when each individual entity is responsible for tracking and reporting their own results, there's always going to be a little tension there. But in simple terms... Let's let's think about this for a minute, and let's do a little math here. We'll make it nice and easy, and basic. And I'll tell you what we'll do. So we'll we'll for argument's sake, and for the and for the purposes of this discussion, let's just agree that an average new pest control recurring customer is worth about five hundred dollars. Okay. And generally, it's worth a little bit more than that if you've got an initial. But it's going to be right around $500. So let's just use that math. It's easy. And let's just also agree that if we have an average employee that we have working on the books, that they are going to work approximately 240 days per year. That's about 48 weeks out of the calendar year. And... If you if you find things that are a little bit different than that, just adjust accordingly. You're, you'll get the point here. And let's just talk about um, what it looks like if we can get an average employee. So just, and again, this might be you, who talks to customers, exchanges text messages and messages in, from Facebook, and also is working on doing... Um, responses to our chat bot or our online messaging. So in other words, they are really there and we want them to be on the front lines communicating back and forth with our inquiries of new customers. So we are generating these leads. These leads are showing up on your doorstep and whomever it is, is now tasked with talking to, responding to, giving information to, following up on, or otherwise closing the deal, if you will, okay? 
That's what we want. That's what we want them to do. So let's think about that for a minute. So we've got that person, they're sitting there, and that's their job. And we may or we may not know what the heck they're doing. We may or may not record their calls and listen in on them. We may or may not even know what to expect out of them because we may or may not have any sales experience of our own. So it's always hard to train someone how to sell if you don't know how to sell yourself. But in any event, this is what we've got. So let's just think about that. So that person's going to be working 48 weeks out of the year. And what if, just for a moment, stick with me, what if we could get that person by doing some evaluation, by doing some constructive support, and training, and other things, that we are now able to get that person to be able to sell one more new customer per week for this year. And and again, let's just do easy math here. I know sometimes, you know, July and August, we may do three more per week. Who knows? Um, But let's just even it out. Let's just say, so they, because of whatever we're going to do, they are going to sell 48 more new customers per year. That's $24,000. That's $24,000. That's just for one a week, that, which is really nothing in terms of an expectation, unless you have no lead flow and they have no leads to work with. But that's really nothing. And then let's even take it a step further. Again, um, talking about marketing jargon. How many of you really understand with your own customers what your lifetime customer value is? Well, for most pest control companies, according to PCT, it's a little over three years, the average new customer. And then we, you know, then we can get into, of course, how many of those do we keep? But let's just say that this number we used here, this 24,000 that this uh, young person, it doesn't have to be young, I guess, this person, Sold, twenty four thousand. Let's just say, let's just say, even half of that stays for one more year. Just one more. That's another twelve thousand. So now we're looking at thirty six thousand dollars for a little more effort to pay attention to selling them on the phone each and every day. And again, I say this is just a small incremental improvement. Now let me just tell you. The example I'm giving to you was brought forth by a company that not only was not getting that one extra sale, even though their lead flow had increased by almost 50%, they were seeing a reduction. So they were getting to a point to where their conversion rate, and a conversion rate is the number of leads that you turn into a new sale, was getting down into single digits. That's below 10%. That's less than one out of 10. That's totally unacceptable. It's, it's, again, you guys know I'm a football guy. That's akin to throwing an interception when you're on the two-yard line that goes back 98 yards the other way. It's a 14-point swing. It's worse than not scoring. And that was what was going on with this company and very difficult for us because... It's um, the woman that's answering the phones 
what was happening was she was an older woman that had been with the company for many years. They had not really previously worked with a another marketing company. They'd actually signed up with one through their software and it wasn't working out. So we ended up coming in over to help out. And anyways, we got everything set up and got a new website set up. We got the um, a light version of a CRM in place. We got BirdEye review software in place along with a chat bot on the website with an inbox. We got call tracking software on. We got Google business profile set up. So we got all this stuff going on. And is and is typical oftentimes, especially with an older employee that's been around a long time, is change is scary. They they don't necessarily really like it. And in this particular case, she went even to the point of feeling like this was just too much. She couldn't do it. Uh, she didn't want to learn anything. She was getting almost, I think, angry that our account rep was calling them, calling her a couple times a week, make sure she was getting things done and asking her if she needed help. And it just wasn't really working. Now, that's too bad. And in, in our meeting, what we were talking about, just so you know, in the background was our role there. My answer to them was, we can't really do much with that. Even bringing that to the attention of the owner, you have to be very, very careful because we are working um, in cooperation with that employee to kind of really get things going. So as you can imagine, it's, it's a touchy, it's a difficult situation. However, however, we have to figure out a way to through maybe reporting procedures to our client to say, look, we got a significant problem here and the problem's not us. Your lead flow isn't quite double, but it's almost double, but your sales conversion rate has gone down. And the reason it's gone down is the person that's handling your calls is getting frustrated. She's getting more calls than she's used to. She's now getting some messages and she's also got an inbox she's got to manage with chat flows that are coming off the chat bot on the website. So let me let me step back from that for a minute. What I'm saying to you and what this message of this episode is about. Do you even know, one, if you have a problem like that? And two, and I'd love to hear from you some replies. Send me some emails, Casey at rhinopros.com. Send me some emails and let me know what you would expect if your marketing agency determined that there was a problem with one of the employees or a couple of them that just weren't getting the job done. And do it in a way that it doesn't seem or come across like the marketing company's trying to make excuses for a lack of sales results that's anything other than um, an issue of sales conversion. So in other words, no finger pointing, no name calling, none of that. What I am trying to get across to you is the significant 
value that a trained, fun, happy, enthusiastic, positive individual can have on your business. To the extent of every one new customer that they're going to be bringing you each week from all of your marketing efforts and your advertising efforts being worth about 24000 and easily in a lifetime customer value calculation being worth 36000 for every customer that they're able to bring you each week. In other words, I hope I'm not confusing this. What I'm saying to you is every time when we work together with you and your team and we can bring you enough leads that they translate into one new customer from one of your employees or you, that when you do that each and every week of the year, each one of those that you're converting is turning into easily 36000 And the key in growing the foundation of your pest control company, the foundation being the number of those recurring customers that you have signed up on the books, that you're doing a great job with, that hopefully will renew with you and stay with you until they either die or move, is continually growing week by week. And it all happens through these two things, folks. Leads that come in, however you get them, however much it costs to get them, whether you're doing door hangers, whether you're doing door knocking, whether you got Google ads, Google local service ads, Yelp, Angie, what, again, whatever. Now, how many of those do we sign up and do we solidify our relationship with them in our marketplace so they become a long-term Happy, satisfied customer that in turn is referring friends, family, and neighbors. And when you when you when you think about this, and I'm not going to go too much farther with what I'm talking about here than to try to make this point to you. When and and this happens with us often when we are working with a with a customer, one of our pest control owner customers, and we're trying to figure out with them how to help them get some new employees because this is becoming an issue. And we may we may or may not run some Facebook ads to say, hey, we're looking for a technician, we're looking for an admin person or office manager, whatever, right? And we'll talk ultimately about qualifications and skills and what are we looking for in these people. And what I am going to say to you is this, and this is coming from someone who spent many, many years managing outside salespeople, inside salespeople, and call centers. So I've listened to 
many, many, many hundreds of thousands of phone calls to sell stuff. And I'm going to say this to you. Nice trumps knowledge. Nice trumps knowledge. Does that mean you can be dumb and not know your product? No, not really. What it means is you can be brilliant with your product and still be an asshole. And people don't like that. And it's getting worse and worse and worse in today's post-COVID world, just trying to find some nice, helpful people. Heck, it's hard even in the restaurants any longer. And these people are working for a, a tip. But it's really not what you know about pest control. It really isn't. It's nice to know a lot, and it's nice to have a lot of experience. But when somebody calls and they've got an issue with ants or spiders or scorpions or bed bugs or stink bugs or silverfish or mosquitoes or termites and on and on and on, and they want to explain to you what their problem is, they really, truly, they're, they're not looking for an explanation of the entomology of the insect that they're confronted with or what it's going to take to get rid of it. What they really just want to know is when can you get out there? They may want to know how much is it going to cost, probably, give or take. And they want to know that you know what you're doing. And so often all that is is being nice and friendly and helpful and courteous when you're talking with them on the phone and being prepared to do the most important thing, and that's close the deal. Let's get them signed up. Let's grow the bottom line because what we look for here at Rhino Pest Control Marketing is getting our clients million-dollar increments. What does that mean? Well, let's just say that you're at or around uh, a half a million-dollar company. What we know is unless you're doing it all on one-shots, which hopefully you're not because that means you got to go redo it every year, but you're going to be at or around 1,000 customers because 2,000 recurring revenue customers equals a million dollars. Again, give or take, you know, we can go up and down a little bit with that. But for the most part, that is the foundation of your business. And then you, you just continue to grow it in blocks of one million. So 2,000 more and 2,000 more. And you get to the point that you want to be with your own company. And I don't, I don't know what that is. I'm not saying you want to go be a millionaire. You may be perfectly content doing four or 500,000, you know, and having a couple of employees and everybody's making a good living. And, you know, that's a good thing. I do know if someone's going to come and buy you up, what they're going to evaluate without any question is going to be the number of monthly recurring customers that you have on the books and the length of service uh, time that you've been providing to those customers. And that's going to be one of the primary um, numbers they look at before they make you an offer to buy your company. So 
when, again, I hope I'm making my point here. Whoever's answering your phones, whoever's talking to your prospective leads is enormously important to you. Maybe more important than anything else. And, and part of why I even thought about doing this episode is we do a lot of training as part of our service. And we'll get together, we'll do, you know, like a Google Meets webinar kind of thing where we'll bring our company's employees in and we'll talk to them about doing um, better in sales and what does sales mean and are they a salesperson or not. And it, it doesn't always go great. And what I mean by that is they don't seem to have their feet held to the fire in their office. So we come in, we come over the top, we give them a good instruction. We'll give them some good follow-up materials. We'll even help them with their emails, getting them set up for responses. But if, if they're, again, I go back to that. If they aren't nice and friendly and helpful, if it's not their nature, it doesn't matter what they know. They won't do it. Or it won't come out right because they're just not really um, that person. And so I'll say this to you. If you don't manage it and demand excellence, you won't get it. You won't. If, if, if they think you're just bringing other people in to come in and give them a day's training, they're going to be thought nice and they'll listen and they'll be probably polite because they're at work. But at the end of it, they're going to go right back to doing what they were doing. And if you aren't listening to the calls, and that's why we install call rail with our clients so they can. Listen to the calls. Listen to the interaction with the people. Let other people that you trust listen to it and just ask yourself, would you buy from that person? Do you get a warm and fuzzy feeling that they're a really nice person and this is a really good company? And if you're, if you're not doing that, you've got to. Because trust me, when you listen to all this stuff and you start really making that part of what you're doing, that demanding excellence in terms of the relationship we have with our new prospective customers, how do we talk to them, how do we follow up, what do we do? It's going to surprise you what's going on in your own company. I promise you it will. I know this because we install this call tracking on um, our new customers all of the time. And the first times we go in and listen, they're embarrassed. And I have to kind of, you know, smooth them over a little bit and say, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. I spent years and years and years listening to salespeople talk on the phones, and then having to find out how you can go back to them and not hurt their feelings and be mean and nasty, but explain to them you sound like crap on the phone. You just, I don't want people to call here and get that kind of treatment. And I don't, again, I don't want to be totally negative because you may find out, hey, so-and-so is doing wonderful, so-and-so is doing great, and I'm not intending here to make this be something that we get down on everyone. What I'm saying is it's so important to the volume of new customers that you get each year that you've got to go take a look, go listen, 
and go figure it out. Because as we started this episode out with, if at the end of the day, all we were able to do, the only thing we're able to do by paying a little attention to this is get whoever we have and each of them to increase the number of conversions they get by one per week just by paying attention, that's 24000 each. And what the heck? 24000 That's not bad. And again, that's with a very, very modest, insignificant kind of improvement. One. So, I again, I... I uh, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do here, how I wanted to go about it. What I wanted to say to you is we feel your pain. We're over here listening to this. We know how much more money you could be making with some very, very small and subtle improvements. And the purpose of this episode is to bring it to your attention, get you to think about it, as always, we're here, I'm here to help you um, to improve these things, to create a plan. But go find out if your employees are making you a lot of money or costing you a lot of money, and then go put a fix to it. My name's Casey Lewis. You've been listening to the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast. If you own a pest control company anywhere in the country, by using our services, we will help you grow and prosper. Casey has 30 years in marketing and advertising under his belt. He managed and oversaw a sales force of 4,000 inside and outside sales reps tasked to work with every pest control owner in the USA. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Rhino Digital Media. Let us take your digital marketing to the next level. See you next time on the Pest Control Marketing Domination Podcast.